four, 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 four. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the EG Pot Thunder with your boy, the young light skin key sweat. Brought to you by Tito's, our sponsor. Make sure you get the best vodka on the shelves, baby. And to my right, my guy Max has returned for the collab edition with the Crypto City Podcast, baby. Want to introduce your co-host? What's up, everyone? How's everyone doing? Uh, this is my second or third time on the podcast, I believe. And the order wise, doesn't even make sense. Who knows? Like four times, probably overall, but. <laughs> All, all out of order. Technically, this is the first time Jerry's been on with you guys, but yeah, it's so like fourth time you've been on. Yep, yep. Um, happy to be here and happy to talk about what's going on in the market, what's going around around the world geopolitically, and just share some knowledge, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. And with your guy, your host of the Crypto City Podcast, my guy, Chris, one of his last days in Rhode Island. I appreciate you spending one of his last days with your boy, the EG Pot Thunder, Young Lights and Key Sweat. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, um, next Wednesday I'm moving to uh, Medellin, Colombia for between eight months and a year. I'm looking forward to it. Um, can't wait. So I appreciate you having me on. Oh man, yeah, of course, man. I'm glad to uh, get one of these in person before you leave. And finishing off the cast we have for this podcast today, my guy, is so prosperous, Jerry has returned. Yo, what's up? What's up? Thanks for having me, up. bro. We can't even see you. I was just, Yo. I, was, I was gonna wait to cut it off so you can like big all right, yeah, so in the market right now, I have to talk about it because I'm a WWE fan. It is fresh on the topic of this week. It is a huge merger. Endeavor just bought WWE to make it a massive multi-entertainment like company with UFC. I'm sure, you know, even people who don't watch WWE or UFC is everywhere. I mean, what a crazy deal that happens worth $21.3 billion. First off, I can't imagine how much, having that much money to spend just for the fuck of it, like, could that, I mean, only a short period of time where, you know, Vince wanted to sell WWE. So to have that money just in the back pocket to buy is wild. So, Chris, I know you're in the financial world like crazy. We all are here pretty much in the low. Well, them not, but, you know, Jerry Lowkey, you know, I don't really publicize it out there. So I know Chris is on it. What are your thoughts on that merger? I mean, I don't know too, too much about that. Um, that's a lot of money to spend. <laughs> Um, to be completely honest, I, I don't even want to talk about something I don't fully, fully know, but, um, that is a lot of money. So I can sum it up for you. Essentially, Vince said that he would have done it anyway, but I don't believe it. Last year he got caught like in a scandal where he got in trouble. He was, it's a weird situation. He was like hooking up with some of his employees, but they came to a conclusion. Like it was like Sounds hush money good. though, where like, okay, well I won't say nothing, but I'll accept $12 million. But he did it with multiple girls. It was like fifty million in total. But but they'll agree with it. I guess it wasn't bad. But he was using company money to do it. Got it. So that's where it was like an issue. And then he had to like force like he was forced to step down. Essentially, he did. He wasn't forced, but he was forced. Is that technically on some like Donald Trump paying Stormy Daniels type? <laughs> well apparently the girls didn't leak it someone else leaked it it was like a employee so like the person who took the money was like fuck i'm taking the money i'm not saying nothing so it just happened to be they're going to financial records or whatever and they someone leaked it to wall street journal all got blown up vince stepped down but he was still the majority owner he just wasn't on tv no more he wasn't doing creative so he had nothing to do with it he was just a majority stakeholder and of the company so he was gone for a while since like July. Then he started coming back around backstage in like December-ish to hash out a business deal to sell the company. Then, you know, fast forward now, four months later, he sold the company. So, but he's still the 
they he still owns 49% of it. Now Endeavor just owns 51%. So he's essentially just like Dana White. He still is like a massive owner, but just not the majority owner no more. So he sold it for $9.8 billion. I mean, everyone has their price. You know, make $9 billion to make your life easy and make stuff go away and you're just out of the limelight of stuff. I mean, kind of logically makes sense. Yeah, but it's just like a corporate events. It was like no one ever thought he would have stepped down because like he started it from like in like what nineteen seventy at that point for himself. Like you don't think it'll be tough like Jerry. So like say if you started your own company, you built it to WrestleMania level. You know, you would would you ever want to step down or would you know does money talk like Chris is saying? I think he personally Vince holds a lot of sentimental value towards bringing um, up WWE to where it was. You know he bought that company from his dad yeah and to turn it into a multi-billion dollar conglomerate um i would definitely hold a lot of that sentimental value as well and wouldn't want to just give that up and i feel like there's a bit of a resurgence in wrestling correct Mm -hmm. me if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. you know especially with like bad bunny Mm -hmm. going on wwe wrestlemania um, it's just I feel like there's just been a huge resurgence in wrestling, and I think it's kind of on the up now. And I can see from a business perspective how UFC and like wrestling, although they're two obviously different sports, they align with one another. And how you can um, create a business proposition and put that into your business portfolio. Yeah, you know, definitely. You have crossover stars like Ronda Rousey, Brock. I mean, John Jones has like. And DC has like called out Brock before a couple times. Even John Jones before his last fight said, "Hey Brock, you never know. Maybe you never say never." So like you know, and now even more they're talking about it now. So um, you know, where would you say what was your like, you know advice, Max? I'm not sure how much you're paying attention to that, but like you know, where can you draw like that fine line between you know you started this company up, it's a multi-billion dollar corporation, and where do you like kind of draw that line from sentiment, like you know, sentimental <clears throat> emotional value to you know money talks. Um, same as Chris, I'm not quite like familiar with the details of the deal, but going off Jerry and playing devil's advocate, I would sell because of the fact that there is a resurgence. That means there is a demand. There is, um, a point where at least I think like during COVID a couple, like we would say the late 2010s, like 2018, 2019, not many people were watching wrestling. People were more like into UFC and UFC has taken off. To do this merger acquisition, whatever it may be, I think it's smart for Vince. And I mean, the man's getting older. He did build it from scratch with his father and whatnot. Again, the details I'm not quite too familiar familiar with. But yeah, like you guys were talking about the price. I mean, cash in when you can. You know, there's a there's a saying, detach when it's ready. And he has to detach and cash out, right? And yeah. But at what point do you detach? And what point do you like? Oh, I build this for my family. You know what? I'm gonna give it to my. I'm gonna give it to Stephanie. I'm gonna give it to Shane, and they can keep building. And then you know, at some point, they'll give it to their kids because they already have kids. So it's not like oh, you know, they might not have kids. It might end. Though, I think the question though for that is, are the kids interested? Yeah. A lot of times when yeah. you pass things down, a, a, a lot of businesses they don't get run properly. They're interested in cash more yeah, than maybe they, the. But they're not interested in running the business how it should be, or maybe he doesn't even trust his kids. And I'm just speculating. I have no idea. Yeah, but Stephanie, you know, Stephanie was the um, C. CFO or she was one of the top three. It was like Vince, Triple H, and Stephanie. And when Vince went away, Stephanie took over his position. So she definitely, you know, she's well educated. She's well versed in the you know, entire wrestling life. So she is interested for sure. Shane apparently wasn't as much, but Stephanie was. So at one point, like if you're Stephanie, you're like, yo, what the fuck? Like, 
my entire life I was doing this shit. I thought I was next in line. Now you're going to sell it? That's a fair point. I mean, I'm sure she gets a cut, and I would be happy yeah. with a cut. Personally, <laughs> I think he sold it at a good time, though. Where, yeah. Because, like I said, it is getting more popular again. It's on the up. and I Yeah, and I mean, he's not fully out. I mean, he's like he's essentially, you know, now he's in a white for WWE. So he's still yeah. there. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it would just be so tough. You know, like, I know where, you know... Chris entrepreneur and you know you're definitely in the business life you know as we talked about before in the podcast with you and just the same way as you I feel like it'd just be tough for me to kind of get over it like I feel like I would mm. I wouldn't necessarily call it an ego but it would definitely be tough to be like damn I'm giving this shit about their wasting my entire not wasted but you know spend my entire life building this so I don't know that's tough so like I will say to compare it to something when Joe Rogan made that deal with Spotify he made a hundred million dollar deal or I think of what it was um, a lot of people said that he sold out and a lot of people um, complained to him and said, like, you know, how could you do that? How could you not bigger goals want? He's like, to be completely honest, I have hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm the top art, you know, spot of person on Spotify and, and out there. Like, I don't need to go as hard as I am. I'm comfortable where I am. And every at some point, everybody, I feel like, has their price for what they're doing. And, um, you know, when it's that large amount of money. Like he can still do what he likes to do with the being comfortable and spend time with his family, not have to hustle as much, and maybe that's where he's at in life. It could be something to do completely with, like outside of that. It's nothing to do financially at this point or or business wise. It's just hey, I want to spend more time doing other things in my life that I like. Yeah, I mean, you think of, like people call him selling out and stuff like that. So say the Crypto City podcast, which you guys host. If you know Spotify, you know hopefully you know, they do come to you guys at some point. Spotify or whatever podcast platform, there's plenty of them out there. They come out to you, hey, we want to sponsor you guys, but you know they're restricting your creative control. Are you would you guys be interested in that, or you still have to be like fully controlled in it? So I mean, for where we are right now, um, we're building other stuff as well. So Max and I are also part of the Rhode Island Blockchain Council. Um, we're a brand new organization. We started the beginning of this year. Um, where our two main goals are to help promote education of the blockchain technology space and in the future help promote uh, friendly regulations in our state of Rhode Island. Um, So, I I mean, right now, uh, we want to be creative. We want to be able to do what we want to do and interview who we want to interview and stuff like that. But um, at some point, different things become more different priority. And some things might need to get put in the back burner. And it, all life is is just a matter of reprioritizing on a consistent basis. Yeah, correct. I, I don't know. Going back to your first question about giving up something that you love and you worked hard for. I mean, I do understand the emotional attachment and connection to it. But again, like Chris said, there's always a price. And there's a moment that you have to like just sell. Because at the end of the day, like and going like segueing into a... The topic of the podcast is right now in the market, cash is king to get like $21 billion. If that's the price that's being quoted, that's a, I'll take that any day. Like (laughs) that's that cash. You could do anything with it. Like you can invest into multiple different businesses and he knows Vince knows how to run a business now for multiple years, decades. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's give and take. And I agree with you. Like, you know, there's a sentiment. There is something like you devoted so much of your life to. But there's a beauty in letting go, and that's philosophical in both business and in life. So, like, you fuck know, that bitch. So oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, fuck. <laughs> so yeah, Jerry, yeah. you know, you're coming on for free. Hey, you don't you don't have to feel shy. Any questions come up, you can feel free to hop into a question real quick. Yeah. So, um, I have a question actually. 
What about you? Like, let's say the EG Pot of Thunder gets a deal with Spotify, trying to control the creative control. Would you take it? I don't think so. No, someone came up to me already. Some like, you know, it's not obviously it wasn't Spotify or something like that, but someone came up to me and like, hey, man, I see you're, you know, creating traction in Rhode Island and you've been having a lot of sports people on and stuff like that. That's dope. But um, yeah, man, like, again, he reached out to me out of nowhere and I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And I'll, at least, you know, I'll entertain the idea or whatever. He's talking and whatever. Then he's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's really cool, but. Yeah, you can't be swearing, man. I'm like, well, then no. The fuck? Like, you seen the you seen the podcast? Like, it's half of it. Like, yeah, like obviously when I have high school athletes on stuff like that, I know it. Like, I'm not setting these kids up. Like, obviously, I know Kyle's looking at them. I'm setting them up proper questions. We talk beforehand. What can you talk about? I, I know what they can or can't talk about. So I'm not gonna set them up. I'm not gonna be swearing with them. I tell them, hey man, don't be swearing. Don't be saying this. Like, you know, Kyle's is looking at you. Trust me, I know they're looking. And especially if you're you know, top D1 talent, awesome, I can set you up. That being said, if I have a girl on and she does no business or whatever, and we're talking like the twins been on plenty of times, they get crazy. What, how would that be like entertaining without like, I'm not saying you can only be insane, like swearing, but if it's genuine, it's, you know, I can't tell them, hey, don't, don't swear. And then they'll feel weird and stuff like that. It's just entertainment purposes. So like, yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, no nah, man, like other podcasts, you can't be swearing. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. So like I'm not gonna just take your money to me switch up. So I guess there have to be like parameters and stuff like that, obviously. But obviously, you know, I'm kind of, I've always been condescending of like obviously I'm not gonna say no crazy stuff. Like obviously I said crazy stuff, supposed to think yeah. of you and stuff like that. <laughs> but like you know, I'm not saying like you know controversial stuff where it's like you know sensitive topics. I know what sensitive topics are. I know what buttons to push and stuff like that. I'm not an idiot. So like you know. So I guess obviously, you know, I guess it'll depend on like, you know, what circumstances like, I guess that would be a no. Like, oh, you can't swear. But I guess it's not going to work. Why not? Joe Rogan swears. Everybody swears. You know, it's not like, you know. It's freedom of speech. Yeah, it's freedom of speech. It's yeah. so idiotic. Like, so yeah, so they do straight up now. I'm like, no, I'm not interested. So yeah, I guess there'll be parameters. But I mean, Spotify comes up to me and like, hey, man, you know. 100 M's though. 100 M's. You can't wear dolphin stuff. Fuck it. Not wearing them. <laughs> not wearing them, I guess. You know, there's some like weird situation, yeah. like stipulations like that. Like, sure. But. Yeah, I guess you know it's all scenario like purposes. Yeah, I mean I would definitely entertain it for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, no for sure. Um, but you know your organization you guys are starting. So where did that come about? So you guys have been on last time was on maybe around November ish. So yeah. was that in like the planning since then, or was that like a brand new idea, or has that been in the making since? No, so this is actually uh, it, it came up in uh, December, and I was asked to be president of the organization um, where. We're working with other blockchain councils across the Northeast and across the East Coast and across you know the country. Um, for example, two weeks ago, I was in Washington, D.C. Uh, at the D.C. Blockchain Summit. I got to meet regulators. I got to meet people from the CFTC. I got to meet people from Treasury Department. Um, got to meet a bunch of the other blockchain councils uh, like Virginia, Pennsylvania, um, Delaware. Um, we have, we're getting mentored by the Boston Blockchain Association. Um, so we're, we're really trying to get our name out there as much as possible, attend events, uh, really educate people about what this technology is and what this technology isn't. Um, we are partnering with uh, the CFA, and on the 22nd of April, there will be a, an event in downtown Providence. Um, so that's definitely an event to, to keep an eye out for. CFA, what's the CFA? Uh, so I, 
they're a worldwide organization where they're it's an it's an investing group more or less. Um, I can't speak too too much about them because what's I the acronym stand for? Do you know? That they're gonna come and kill us. As well. Is the CFA the Chartered Financial Authority? No, yeah. uh, uh, Certified Financial Analyst. I think it stands for. No, but that's the certification. But the actual organization. I, th- I think that's what it stands for. It's Chartered Financial something. Is, that is association or something yeah. like that. But um, to answer your question, like, and to piggyback off you, Chris. We have a lot of events that we're planning for the 2023, especially going on with crypto industry. And um, Rhode Island is pretty proactive, ironically enough, in the blockchain space because um, some of our politicians are very proactive and are starting to use blockchain technology for government use. Um, And it's pretty interesting. And I know we're a small state, so it's kind of cool that we're being looked at as like the pilot state um, for the country. So Chris and I and our team and our advisors, we're trying to just create this console, trying to create this coalition where we can start hosting events, get people hip on what blockchain is, like what we do, what you allow us to do on your platform, you know, educate, empower people to like get well versed and knowledgeable about the blockchain, Bitcoin space. So blockchain again, I know like I've had a couple of people reach out. My guy, Tony, he's a loyal listener. He listened to us live. And I texted him after. I'm like, hey, man, how'd you like it? He's like, I loved it, but I'm still fucking confused. Literally a quote from him. It was hilarious. So, you know, the blockchain, you know, it's kind of hard to follow that at times. I re-listened to our podcast like three times. I'm like, geez, still a lot to handle here. <laughs> so the blockchain, again, for the people who, you know, kind of made, you know, lost track of it, what is the blockchain again? So just to say the blockchain doesn't necessarily mean too, too much. All blockchain is, is an inefficient database. It's a way to distribute um, nodes on a network. So for example, think of like how the US is distributed where each individual state has their own ability to run their own state as they see fit, but they're all part of a larger group in the United States. Um, think of it kind of like that. Um, but if you say a Bitcoin blockchain, um, all it is is a chain of blocks, ironically, blockchain, chain of blocks, um, that you know house together transactions that are processed over time and in each block has what's called a hash which is a fingerprint of that specific block and that fingerprint is in the very next block as well so if someone tries to manipulate that previous block you're going to have the previous block's fingerprint and the next block's fingerprint and when it doesn't match so when they hash when when something gets hashed it means it's like uh it's just a string of letters and numbers and when you change one little piece in that, you get a different fingerprint. And so by knowing that, you know that that transaction, those that block of transactions hasn't been manipulated with because the transaction is exactly, I mean, the hash is exactly the same. Um, to piggyback and to say it simply, simply uh, my finance teacher used to tell me that blockchain is kind of like a glorified Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet, sorry. So on Google Sheets, you know, everyone, it's open source. Everyone can contribute to it. Um, that's one way to look at it. It's a distributed ledger technology. That's DLT. It's the acronym for DLT. It's basically blockchain. So it's it's just a, a record yeah. database to, that to gets honest, updated every couple minutes and audited every minute. It's not minutes. even the most interesting part of the technology of this, of cryptocurrencies and how they operate. It's just the structure. It's like the walls of the house and in the foundation of the house that's really it but all the interesting parts of the house is inside and and how you decorate and how you you know put your furniture and stuff yeah Mm. 
hopefully we helped your friend uh, Tony and other audiences <laughs> understand it because honestly it is very I wouldn't say it's super technical but it's something that like if you kind of dive into the rabbit hole a little bit you will get the hang of it especially if you just you know just do that due diligence it's not anything that foreign it's just something that's coming to light more and a lot of more companies and softwares are leveraging it and that's honestly where we're heading right we're only going digital we're only going more techno we're getting more technologically dependent um with ai coming out and all these oh. apis and all this shit yeah let's not talk about ais on this podcast <laughs> shout but, out um, them bro make my caption so much easier now <laughs> but um yeah blockchain is the the embedded technology behind bitcoin ethereum all these other cryptocurrencies that you hear um and going back to the rhode island blockchain council all we're planning to do and the mission is to again empower this empower education on this technology just to teach people like what is happening what is occurring behind the scenes and what smart money is doing um, so like what do you guys like what's like are you guys a non-profit are you guys yeah. you know so we are not we're a non-profit we're 501 we're in the process of being 501c6 certified with the irs um we are a registered non-profit in rhode island um to start off with uh but yeah, we are absolutely strictly apolitical, um, uh, blockchain agnostic, meaning it doesn't matter, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, we don't promote any different type of cryptocurrencies or blockchain technology. It's just the, the I mean, we just promote blockchain technology in general in whatever format it shows, um, in education and um, certifications and stuff like that. So what's the show off? So if I'm interested, like, how do I get in touch with you guys? How do I attend these meetings? And how do I get like, the information I get to even attend? Before you guys came here, I didn't even know about the, you know, you guys doing that. I don't know where to so attend it was these. a surprise. Uh, yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah, congrats, bro. That's definitely a big deal for sure, man, that you guys are, you know, chosen to do that. So, you know, you know, you have people listening. Maybe Tony's listening right now. He wants to attend, get more information in person, talk to you guys. How do you attend these meetings and where do you find out about them? So, like I said, we are a brand new organization. We're building up from scratch. We're right in the process right now of uh, creating a website and um, getting everything situated. So I think the best case right now is just to text me personally or to, to set up, send me an email. Um, follow the Instagram. Yeah, follow me on Instagram, too. Um, need from, or girls, he, he wants you to text him, so he wants you to text him. <laughs> I, was, I was saying that for you, man. Oh, shit, 401. <laughs> yeah, man, so um, no, that's fire. So how's that going to work with you in Columbia? So that's why I'm building a team around me, um, have Max on it, uh, have a bunch of my other friends, Kyle uh, Delgado, James Gannon, um, and then Andre Herrera. They're, they're all people that I trust and have a good amount of knowledge in the space and um you know, I feel like very confident that they can handle a bunch of things that while I'm not here, while I'm in Columbia, I'm still going to be having meetings. I'm still going to be helping plan events. We're planning a big event in July, actually, with multiple blockchain councils coming from uh, the East Coast. I'm working with uh, different cryptocurrency projects to have them come out um, and also working on talking with local regulators, um, uh, potentially some mayors or potentially some people in in uh, different spaces in um, uh, mm -hmm. Rhode Island to be able to come out and speak at, the, at that event as well. So we're trying to make this pretty big and partner with the Boston Blockchain Association. Like I said, they're mentoring me. Um, so we have a lot of connections with them. Um, but yeah, it, it's just it's just really interesting. It's just building different people together. How did this all start? Like this the idea of this blockchain so back in 2009 satoshi no i'm just playing <laughs> <laughs> oh um, fuck like, just for, for you max and just like the conception of creating this for rhode island so 
to be honest, I, I wasn't even the actual creator of it. I was asked to be present by the organization. And then uh, very recently, he decided to step back and he was like, hey, this is your organization, just run it. Um, and I, when I was in Colombia the first time, I realized I had a real passion and desire to help teach people about this technology. Um, and about a year later, I met Max and I met uh, a couple other people. And um, we all have similar mindsets, similar goals, similar um I don't want to call it interest interest. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some more viewpoints and how integrity too, that we all kind of hold on the same level. And so, you know, I wanted to join us all together and, and help promote that. Cause we, I feel like our state, like Max said, is, is very, uh, in a very beneficial position to be able to make changes in, in this, in the, specifically in, in this country. Um, but also logistically, we're two hours north of New York, an hour south of Boston. Um, we're in a very good logistical area to be able to house a lot of these potential events and a lot of these potential growth. Is that one of the reasons why Rhode Island was like chosen as a pilot state? No. So actually, Max can speak to this. So I don't know how much I can speak on it, even uh, though it is public knowledge. But honestly, we just have a very proactive political group. That I thought you were going to speak about Liz. Yeah, no, we're not. Let's talk about her. Let's talk about <laughs> no, her. No, no. What's no, the number? I was going to say, because she, she's the one that starts. Start. So Liz Tanner, she's the Commerce Secretary. She This is all public information. She put CF, CPA uh, licenses on the blockchain. Like So that was in basically copying Estonia, yep. their their version of this distributed ledger technology from a government standpoint. Um, that's all public information That that's, you know not to say that we're with her or anything or but she she does know about us and we have had conversations um but you know in the future potentially hopefully so back to the idea of a blockchain let's say like right now i just want to know where this is where would i find like the blockchain for all of crypto is that like a thing like for someone that doesn't know anything about blockchains and cryptocurrencies where would i find a blockchain explain and yeah. elaborate more on your question so i think so I think to kind of answer your question, each individual <laughs> crypto has its own blockchain. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like there's one blockchain that houses, houses every single yeah. crypto. Basically, the best way to like say is just software, right? Like we all have software on our phones, iOS, Android. Uh, blockchain is just a way to record and hold transactions. In, in a public fashion. In a public fashion, open source, peer-to-peer. -peer. Um, trust, but verify. It's verifiable. Um a quote that I've been running in my head is that, and Chris, you probably know it better than me. I'm paraphrasing here, but like the U.S. has not been audited in the last like 50 plus years, but Bitcoin gets audited every 10 minutes. Yeah. And and that's because blockchain technology, you can't create another block until this block, the previous block gets audited and verified on every transaction. And then the next block gets created. So everything from the previous must be sound, secured and untampered with. And then it gets created. Then the next block gets created. Whereas the U.S., we know the IRS, the shit that's happening around the market and the economy, and we're like trillions of dollars in debt, and they're trying to give us a credit score. That doesn't make sense. Like, how is someone that's in debt giving us a credit score? <laughs> make it make sense. But um, again, we're gonna dive into that later into the podcast of what's going on in the U.S. But that's blockchain allows those features and those security features to happen. So to access a blockchain i need to buy a, some crypto and then with that crypto it comes with 
the le- the ledger that you can see the history of those transactions. So, I'm just trying to yeah, wrap my so head around it. You could go on on-chain analytics. So maybe there's some websites that you can see. Like right now, Ethereum. Let's just use Ethereum as an example. Right now, we could go on ETHSCAN, which is like a you know open public website. And Web, we can Web3? see... Web3? Web3. Oh, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Um, it's a web, I guess it's a Web3 com- uh, website where you're able to see transactions that are happening real time and verifiable. If you know what address to address, if I sent him $10, you can see that I sent him $10, right? In Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever form of currency it is. Um, that's open source public. You know, so when you say access a blockchain and you need access a blockchain through cryptocurrency, it's you, ne- technically you don't need to, but to participate, you need to have ETH to like so, do a transaction on it. So the you might hear this phrase a lot, Web3, which I've just mentioned. Um, Web1 is just the ability to read data on the Internet. Think about TCP, IP, stuff like that. Web2 is like social media. You got Facebook and stuff and so but it's shareable content yeah shareable shareable, you'll be able to read and write share the g part on the baby (laughs) (laughs) thanks um but so web one the creator of tcp ip which is the you know structure of the entire internet has made zero dollars from his creation like there's zero way to um monetize that that uh what he created web two the only people that were able to create funds for the uh, wealth for themselves for the people who actually built the platform and the stakeholders in that platform so the owners and the stakeholders and if you used facebook every single day um have multiple accounts since it started you still haven't made any money unless someone decided to pay you but directly by using you didn't have any you don't have any ownership aspects of it um with something like bitcoin and ethereum and other cryptocurrencies that is web3 because it gives you the ability to transfer value and hold value and ownership in the network and so by more people using the platform, your ownership value increases because there's more people using it. And so the way I kind of explain it to people is um, like Ethereum, you might hear plat- like uh, layer one platforms. So all that really means is think of like a shopping mall. Why is the province place mall more valuable than the Warwick mall, which is more valuable than the Rhode Island mall? Well, you have more people going to those, the province place mall. You have more businesses building there and there's more people spending money consistently. And so you just can apply that to these different platforms and whoever's building more and using it more, that platform is probably going to be valued more. And that's just a kind of real world aspect way to look at these things. Perfect way to must have fixed this. You can move this down. I feel, like, I feel like you don't want it in your face. You can you can move that down right there. Then you can put it down on your face more so it's not covering your face if you want. So your quality of the mic sounds better. Talk now? Yo. You're going closer. Is that to you? Perfect. Perfect. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah, because you're, you're like talking this way before and then <laughs> your reels don't sound better. Boom. All right, back. So you guys, you know, you guys are explaining that again. Like we said, this is like the fourth time you guys have been on. Yep. Do you want to reset before I continue going? Uh, no, nah, I'm also good. Let's talk about Colombia. Let's talk about. I said, yeah, I said a question. Like, so, like, you guys <laughs> were like, you know, you guys explained it for like, you know, four times you guys have been on, same questions again. Is that one of the reasons why you started, you know, this you know, nonprofit organization? Like, you know, do you guys yeah. feel like 
it's, it's weird sometimes, you know, sometimes people feel like weird asking a question, like even in school, like, oh, you're afraid to ask a teacher a question. You might get like, you know, scrutinized or something like that. Do you guys like, you know, do you guys want people like you're, you want people to ask you questions? Like, do you guys feel bad? Like explaining it over and over again. And you're like, damn, Jerry, I told you I fucking 18 times already. Are you like, no, like you encourage the question. No, no I, we ask. Yeah. Ask. And honestly, like, just like everyone else, we're learning every single day as much as you guys are or as if you have interest to learn so do we and every day we continue to just get further down i just say the rabbit hole but just further down the the topic like and that euphoria euphoric moment that happens when you start realizing what bitcoin is what blockchain is it's magical like my roommate for the past like anecdotally i'm gonna tell you guys a story like the past month my roommate has been reading up on bitcoin we have another college friend that has been helping me like teach him a little bit about bitcoin he's been dcaing which means dollar cost averaging in to bitcoin the past month um and bitcoin is the best performing asset in the last quarter it's you know three months of the year have gone by and bitcoin has been the best performing asset so he's already saying like man i'm up i want to learn more about bitcoin he's been doing his due diligence and just euphorically like he's getting that that moment where it's like holy shit like bitcoin is actually useful it has um similar features to money and he's just getting he's going down the rabbit hole like i just put him onto like wallets code wallets like once you start our guess our goal is to help you like ignite that journey of like learning to be honest so ask the question please ask and just also do your own work to research because sometimes we might not do the, we may not do the best at explaining it but like doing your research is and helping you do your research is probably the best thing we can do. Yeah, so, I feel like sometimes people feel like weird when they're like, oh man, like I, feel, I don't want to ask this question again. Or sometimes people like, I've been you know, accused of this a couple of times where people are like, oh, I don't, I'm scared to say something to you because you always have like a straight face. It's like, well, man, I'm not going to just walk around with a weird smile on my face. Like, <laughs> no, you know, it's weird. Like, I'm, I, I, mean, I love questions. I love talking about anything. I also have a podcast. So, like, you know, I encourage conversation. You know, that's why I don't pre plan podcasts because, like, these are all genuine questions. So, um, and sometimes you know facial expressions you know doesn't come across the way you want it to. So yeah, I mean like you know with you guys, so you guys are encouraged. Sometimes it feels weird. Even on the podcast, I'm like, oh, should I ask this? I'm like, fuck, I don't give a shit. I sound stupid because I don't know. And it, sometimes it, it like, gets confused. It's not stupid. Like this technology is brand new. It's only been around for 13 years at this point, really, and or 14 years. And so something that people need to understand is because of how fast this technology gets developed. If you were an expert a month ago. The techno a lot of the technology has changed a lot. If you were an expert a year ago, you're probably you know not really an expert at this point. And if you were an expert five years ago, who God knows how you know what you even know at this point. And I've had conversations with people that have been around since 2011, 2012. They step away for like three years now. But they're like, "What is this? What, what? What? Why is this being talked about? What the hell is going on with this project? Like, wait, this project was like one of the best projects, and now what's going? Like, where is it and stuff? And so, if in order to constantly understand what's going on, you have to constantly be on everything and there's way too much information to know everything. No one's ever gonna know everything in the space. Um, so anyone that says that like, you know, I'm an absolute expert and whatnot, they, they don't know what they're talking about probably. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're more educated than most people in this technology and, and how it operates. But, yeah, talk your shit. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same point, like, it, there's always going to be something to learn about. There, there's always going to be new things that are being developed. And I think that overall, the crypto industry does a really bad job. Um, so this is 
the Rhode Island Blockchain Council is specifically about blockchain technology. We're not talking specifically just cryptocurrencies or anything, but personally, like the whole message of what crypto is, is a really, really, really bad um, explanation. Like I feel that people should in the crypto space are tribalized too much. Um, you have Bitcoin people fighting Ethereum people, Ethereum people fighting Solana people, Solana people fighting Solana people. I didn't. Yeah. I never even heard of that one. So yeah, is that a new it, one? Uh, no, it's been there, out for a couple of years. There's so many, bro. Yeah, Don't even, and and ninety nine percent of them, if not more, are shit, for lack of a better term. Um, oh, yeah, you, I, you you can create your own, right? Yeah, I can just, the EG pod coin if I want. Absolutely, I'd buy it. Million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's do it up, baby. Um, but so I think like the fifty percent discount code. <laughs> I think the if the industry just came together and said, "Hey, you know what crypto stands for is the ability to house your own asset in your own wallet, and like if you were to take your money out of a bank account and put it in your actual wallet, you own that money, and now you have the ability to transfer that through the internet." Um, and send it to whoever you want without an intermediary like Bank of America or another credit card company telling you can or can't send it. That's the the real value of where this technology comes from and why it's so interesting. And when we have all this infighting, it's so stupid. Like it pisses me off because like you're taking away from the actual value proposition of why this is interesting. And I think if you explain something like that to someone, it makes it a lot easier to understand why you need this information, especially which was what has been going on with all these regional banks around the country and around the world. And we have like uh, Silicon Valley Bank that failed. And, you know, you have Janet Yellen, um, the, the Treasury Secretary, and you have like people around the, the country in, in powerful positions saying like, oh, these banks weren't properly, um, they didn't have enough reserves and stuff. And it's like, well, even if they had proper reserves in their eyes, and everything was going well there's inherently you can never get away from having a bank run in our banking system because the, it's just set up that way like the the most dollars that are created are just created as a digital ledger and according to a bank or according to a credit card company um where in reality the actual physical dollar bills don't actually exist to that level if everyone went to go get their money from a bank and withdraw it it won't be there for 98 percent of people so it's like regardless of what you say about the banks what bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are trying to solve is that issue is that issue of hey does this asset really exist and it's called counterparty risk and you know that's the biggest risk in the financial sector today is do you how well do you trust getting your money back and so that's why a lot of people are interested in gold a lot of people are interested in silver a lot of people are interested in bitcoin other cryptocurrencies and real estate they call them hard assets because there's something physical that's there and then obviously bitcoin's not physical but like it's digitally provable that it exists and so having an asset like that that no one can tell you you don't own yourself and it's it's very powerful um and, and very, you know, very powerful. And, and that's why I think a lot of governments are afraid of it. And if you got people who want to tune in more, you said your event was in April coming up, I said in two weeks, April 22nd? Yeah, April 22nd. And uh, it's not where, it's not necessarily our event. Um, we're partnered with them at the event. So it's it's a CFA event. Um, they have uh, a bunch of different local businesses going. They have uh, another cryptocurrency project going. Um, which and where is it located again? Uh, it's, I think it's at Waterfire in Providence. Give me one second. I think it's the Waterfire Place. Yeah, Waterfire Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's where it is. 
Yeah. I knew I had water fire, right? <laughs> so April 22nd, water fire at what time? Seven, eight, I'm it's, assuming? It's, all, it's an all-day event. So it goes from like uh, eight or nine in the morning until like four or five in the afternoon. And do you have to attend the entire thing? Or can, can you go in like at time? No, you can come, uh, come and go. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it, but uh, it's all about investing in, in understanding why... Um, I know, think the, the the headline is future of finance. Yeah. So if you're interested in anything finance related, I'm sure there's going to be organizations there that are representing financial instruments, financial vehicles, and just talking about different financial, the the, the market, the economy, and whatnot. And my so. guy Max is going to be there. Excuse me? My guy Max is going to be there? Yeah, of course. My guy Max is going to be there. <laughs> but my guy Chris is not going to be there because my guy is going to be in Colombia. Correct. So... Colombia. Yes. What is the transition? Why Colombia? Why the transition to Colombia? Yeah, hold, like, hold, 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 hold. So he's an honorary Colombian because <laughs> us three. Oh, yes, exactly. Um, definitely gonna miss him, as you guys know. Like I've been his partner for the past, like you know, business partner for the past, like. I've been his business partner for the past like year, and uh, great, great meeting him, and honestly, like. Honestly, I've been giving him so much encouragement to get the hell out of here and go to Colombia and enjoy himself. I mean, I know he's, again, honorary Colombian here because he loves the culture. He loves the people. He loves everything that's going on with the country. So, And I know us three, we're Colombian, all yeah, from different sure, parts. Man. And um, it's good to just see people fall in love with our culture. I mean, I just wanted to put those that in there really Appreciate quick that. because... You know, I mean, you can lead off if you want. You can take off if you want. You guys can take off. It was a transition right here. So this is the Columbia topic. It's a Columbia segment on YouTube right now. So, um, yeah, man, if you want to cry, you know, tears are allowed in the YouTube pot of thunder, baby. <laughs> so that. I'll go visit him. What? Enjoy that guado. Siempre. <laughs> um, so actually, one of the interesting things about going down there is I'm uh, working with this project I met at ETH Denver. So I, I attended this event um couple about a month and a half ago it's called uh eat denver um and i met a project there called c4 it is a education-based uh project talk about cryptocurrencies bitcoin ethereum how the technology works um and they teach it in both english and spanish um they've done events in mexico and buenos aires and um i'm pretty sure they've done a few in i think in columbia she mentioned as well um but i'm looking to help work with them and, and teach us uh, technology down there to, to more people. Um, one of the interesting things about Colombia, specifically um, in Medellin when I was there, because um, I spent about five months overall um, over the past couple of years uh, in Medellin, um, my favorite city in the world. I absolutely fell in love with it. But um, I know why. Honestly, this is not But um, it's the entire culture is basically cash-based um but at the same point they have they pay through whatsapp they pay through bank columbia and they all use these qr codes well that's literally all this technology is for cryptocurrencies and so they already have the infrastructure that they're comfortable with spending money and and using that technology on there so it's just you know replacing one thing for another thing and you can teach someone easier if, they, if it's a replication of something that they're used to um and so it's just this technology is interesting to me. I, I've fell in love with the technology for the past five years and, and um, I'm fluent in Spanish, but I don't know how to teach it in Spanish. Um, and so I would really, really, really love to be able to take that opportunity. I'm already in talks with um, a couple of different places down there to uh, learn to, to not learn, but to host events. Um, and I'm also joining, I'm a part of a couple of groups down there that I've been talking with and um, I'm actually working with um, 
one of the co-founders of this project called um, Cosmoverse, where they host events, and I'm working on creating a group called Medi uh, Cosmos Medellin to promote the Cosmos ecosystem in Medellin, Colombia. Um, eight months after that, they held their event. Are you receiving a lot of like you know, positive feedback? Are there a lot of interest out there? Yeah, you know? yeah, there there absolutely is. There in the middle of the bear market that we're in, um, there's still above. You know, hundreds of people that uh, are attending events on a weekly basis, bi-weekly basis. Um, and something that's cool about Medellin, Colombia is it's one of the most, I think, the second or third most populated city in the entire world by square meter. Um, so BICF. Huh? I was joking. The BICF. Besides. <laughs> um, so like, there's a there's a large community that you can really reach out to in a very small area. And so it's, it's very powerful to be able to, you know, have constant contact with people who are interested in this technology. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a, out of curiosity. I mean, like, it's just like, like a, like a hobby. Or like, are you guys getting like paid or like does the money, money not even matter to you? So I'd be doing this anyway. Um, I'm not getting paid for this right now. Um, another thing that I'm gonna be doing while I'm out imagining Columbia is I'm learning how to code. Um, so I'm learning to be a coder. Um, it's interesting to me. Um, I prefer doing the whole networking thing and hosting events and building groups and growing that aspect is that's more fun for me talking to people and hearing their pain points, hearing what they're interested in, hearing how they see this technology or don't see this technology or just in general hearing their stories. Um, but it's not like you're doing a podcast, <laughs> but at the same point, um, the actual technology behind this, the actual like coding and stuff behind this technology is very interesting to me as well. And I think that would allow me to better understand other projects and how they work and how they operate as well. So that's just more of a uh, personal thing. And then to that point in the future, I plan on changing my career to be in the coding world and stuff and web two, web three, um, work on projects and stuff. And, and that's where I'm looking to go for myself in the future. I'm actually leaving my job in August to, to learn so how I'm to gonna code. see you in Columbia. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> and I'm actually going to learn how to code. So I'm doing a whole coding bootcamp nice. for five months. Nice. That's what's up. So I'm going to become a software what, what, which engineer. Which one do you use? It's, um, it's this program called Resilient Coders. It's okay. based in Boston. Um, they actually, in a sense, they kind of finance your learning. So it's like That's you get up. paid and they also teach you how to code. And after the five months, you actually can apply to be a software engineer. Nice, man. It, let me know if you need help. Um, I'm, it's it's really hard, to be completely honest. You're literally learning a brand new language, multiple mm -hmm. languages at once. But it's interesting. It's fun if you stick to it. It's coding's future. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you have future proof you know, yourself. Yeah, you take the risk. You know, sometimes you never know. Take a bet on yourself. Absolutely. I think at the end of the day, no matter what you do, if if you come at something with the discipline and the ability to go day to day and say, "Hey, I'm doing this. I signed a contract with myself. I'm going forward. This is what I'm going to do." That's it. You're it's, gonna do it. It's actually a lot because yeah, I, you know, I enjoy my job right now. Um, obviously, the benefits and everything, but to leave that all for a career that I'm not 100 percent like don't know the future of. Versus something I already know, like How that's already there. I'm 27. So let me let me give you advice. It's not the first time I've. So I actually quit my job too. Like mm. my last day of work was last Friday, working for the state. Um, it's not the first time I've quit my job. It's not the first time I've gone into a future where I haven't really known where I'm gonna go, um, because I have plans, I have goals, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna happen. But 
you're young enough, worst case scenario, it doesn't work out and you can take a step back and say, hey, I need to go do, you know, take this a job and continue with my education, continue learning and go it. But, um, you know, there's no there's no shame in failing. There's no tame, shame in taking that step and trying to make your future be what you want to be. Because one of my biggest fears is laying on my deathbed thinking about, damn, what if I had potentially done this? What could I have done? Um, and that, for lack of a better term, scares the shit out of me. For and sure. so that's what that's what pushes me to do it. And even if I fail and stuff, cool. Like um, one of my friends was joking the other day, and I was like, "Hey, it's my last day of work." He's like, "Man, haven't you quit like three times before?" Like, <laughs> "Yeah, and I'll quit three more times if I need to." <laughs> so you dumb bitch. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was <laughs> that was my reaction to him. You dumb bitch. <laughs> Yo, so David, sometimes you know, like I said you, you gotta do what you love, and then money will come after. Like if you're doing it for the money, exactly. it's not gonna come. Like if you do something like you genuinely love, like you're doing right now with crypto, you know. People are going to see, oh, man, this guy, Chris, and this guy, Max, with two X's, loves it. Like, they <laughs> love it. They're going to, you know, they're thoroughly embedded in, you know, the industry. And then people are going to reach out to you guys. Like, they reach out to you guys to, you know, take over that foundation and the nonprofit. They're seeing you guys, you know, they have that motivation for it. They're like, oh, wow. You know, we can trust them. Then eventually, when the money comes, they're going to be like, you know what? These two guys, we reach out to them first. Money comes now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so To be honest, it's... You can only fake something for so long before the real truth comes out. And if you're genuine and if you're interested in building something, regardless of what it is, it doesn't have to be crypto. It could be anything. It could be doing a podcast. Um, but as long as you're genuinely interested in something and constantly putting the work to do it, it, it it'll it'll last a lot longer. Because if you're like you mentioned, if if your goal is money you're going to quit a lot earlier than most other people would have who have actual goals. Like I've heard, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I love listening to Kobe Bryant. He's probably my favorite person to listen to right now. And, rest um, in peace. yeah, rest in peace. And, um, you hear a lot from people like, you know, you have to love the journey. You have to love the the path. You have to love the day to day movements. And like, I used to think I had a motivational problem cause it would constant stop and going. And I realized I don't have a motivational problem. It's a discipline problem. It's about going in day in and day out and doing it every single day, whether you like it or not, and committing to yourself and doing that. Once I figured that out, a lot more things became easier to do because I realized like it's not the motivation. It's just saying, hey, I'm getting up and I'm doing it no matter what. And it's it's just about getting a little bit better every day, 1% better every day, like Kobe says. And it's just a matter of not getting zeros because if you stop doing stuff, you're you're going to it's a lot harder, you know, think about pushing the car. It's really hard to get the car pushing in motion, but the second it's in motion, it's kind of, it's a lot easier to continue. And your, your goals and your life and stuff is just like that. So it's just a matter of keeping things in forward progress, no matter how slow you might go, don't let it stop. Yeah, man, for sure. Is that why you're gonna cry? You're gonna miss this motivational talk, Max. Fire. Nah, I'm gonna just go to Colombia. To be honest, <laughs> Colombia. Hey, I told him doors open, bro. Colombia has always caused my name, man. It's, it's open, a beautiful man. country, and uh, right now it's just yeah, it's growing so much economically, and the people are great. Son muy amable, y I don't even know. Like, I always want to go back every fucking year. So Chris going is just more more incentive. Yeah, more incentive to go. So like, you know. You know, Chris is going there. You said you can always go. So what started your love for Colombia in the first place? So back in... Honest truth. The honest truth? <laughs> <laughs> That's for off podcast. Now I'm playing. You um, got to pee on me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Yo, why do you got, got that one? <laughs> I know. Shakes my ass up. 
<laughs> Sorry, some girl was shaking some ass. I don't know, girl, man. It might get some some pissed. I don't know some kicking conversations. I told you that's why I can't get sponsored by that guy. I couldn't have played that. That was the case. But um, yeah. So, so back in 2020, obviously, you know, COVID and whatnot happened. Um, my grandfather died. I went through a, a breakup. Um, I was living alone. I was really depressed, and um, my father had a stroke. And it was it was a lot thrown at me all at once, all in a couple month period, and I didn't handle it well. To be completely honest, I the only way I could handle it was literally playing football every single day, um, and I was playing like five, six, eight games a week, um, just to be able to keep my mind off of what was going on. And um, I was like, well, I need a break. I need to get away. I need to take a step back from everything that's going on and take care of me for a while. And so I was like. The, the entrepreneur in me was like, well, if I'm going to do that, make me have it be useful. Um, I'm always around Spanish. And I was like, well, I need to learn the, the language. I need to take the time and, and actually do it. And so I don't know. I, I don't I don't have a real reason why specifically Colombia just kind of always felt right. Um, like, fuck, flights were cheap. That's why. <laughs> flights were cheap everywhere. <laughs> but like it, I, I stayed with a friend's family and, and it was one of the best experiences of my life. Like I'm not gonna lie, I felt like a child. So I couldn't say anything for a couple months really. But um it, looking back on it, it it was worth absolutely every single day. And and, and I absolutely love that country. It's it's done a lot for me. Um and and you know, every ten, every chance I can I, I try to promote it. So you, you got flu in three years? In cuatro meses, marica. Mm, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were out here studying. No, it was it was lingual every day. <laughs> so I had hired a professor uh, to teach. I was taking classes twice a week, two hours a day. But um, I mean, I was around the language twenty four seven. Um, I was I so I, I read every day in Spanish. I read every day in English. I listen to to uh, football news in Spanish. I listen to uh, Bitcoin news in Spanish. I, I try to get a lot of different. Um, I talk to people every day, no matter if they're. I have friends in Colombia. I have friends here that only speak in Spanish. Like Max and I usually speak in Spanish a lot. Um, a lady that I used to work with, uh, she she's helped me a lot for a lot of things. Um, I really appreciate her. Um, but she would talk to me every day in Spanish, like literally every day. And, um, it would be like 80% of the conversation. Like she'd be saying something to me, like explaining what we're doing for work, but telling me only in Spanish, like not even Spanglish, a hundred percent Spanish. And so it was, it was a constant, um, practice and, uh, it, it just helped. And, you know, I goes back to the discipline thing every single day just get one percent better and, and eventually you'll get there and i'm still far far from being where i want to be and that's a large motivator for me um going back there to to uh perfect a lot like for me like i i, I make a lot of stupid jokes in english like i i like i love dad jokes i'm not gonna lie oh, but puns. um yeah the stupid puns <laughs> but and so like english has a lot of different words spanish really doesn't so there's a lot of different puns that can be said in spanish I don't fully understand them because I don't understand the the um, the multiple meanings, and so the the main thing that I want to do going back is being able to understand the two, three, four different um, under like, like meanings like per word. Thank like, you. Oh, this word yeah. means something else. Oh, yeah. damn, all right, cool. Yeah, because like there's so many jokes that people tell me. I'm like, yo, what you talking about, bro? Yeah. <laughs> and and um, so that that's my main motivator for that is to be able to because like I'm. A little bit different of a person in Spanish than I am in English 
because I can't make the same jokes that I want to in Spanish. And so that's what this is really, really trying to push me to. Love it, man. Love it. So like Jared, when you hear something like that, obviously, you know, like obviously, you know, Max and Chris are close. So when you're hearing something else from others person, are you feeling that like you're taking as motivation, like, you know, the little yeah. past 20 minutes that Chris is just saying, is that motivating you? And you're like, damn, man, this guy, Chris can do it. You know, that's why I'm pushing myself to leave my current job, go into coding. Like, are you always taking motivation from other people and hearing their stories? But you know what? I'm using this. Shit. I'm, I can do the same shit as well. I will say man's isn't, He's reinvigorating my soul just off of that entire spiel. I think being Hispanic American, me um, or you, um, not fuck with you, <laughs> <laughs> both, both. Just being Hispanic American, uh, you know, I don't understand some things in Spanish sometimes. Um, so it's like I'm still trying to be fluent, even though in a sense I am. I understand certain things, but I don't understand the full picture at times. And just having a different personality when you speak a different language is a hundred percent true and i never really realized that until now and you learn how to code so bros literally we're like in the same shoes right now so i'm gonna yeah. check you out over there facts come through i mean love it so like you know with you jerry so my guy so prosperous what made you take that jump you know to you know you some people can get comfortable complacent in a job man you know from what you told me in the past you know it's a good job right before we went on live you were saying that um you know you liked it and it's a cool gig and you enjoy like the travel aspect of it and you know it's a cool thing learning the system stuff like that so a lot of people can be like you know what i'm doing well um, you know, getting paid well. I'm just gonna stay here for years to come on in. Two years, turn into three, turn into four. Yeah. What made you not want to get into that route, and made you want to, you know, take the jump to, you know, believe in yourself? I think first of all, like, yeah, I was kind of scared of getting complacent. I made a year at my job, and it's it's tech based my job, so um, it does require a lot of coding, um, like working with developers, like coders. But I don't do that. So I just kind of wanted to learn that and put that into like my own repertoire of like skills and just just hone that into myself and then maybe going back to my job when I learn how to code and like hey remember me maybe you should hire me um, because I think in my that current build your own yeah and then or eventually build your own and and that's the beauty of like coding I feel like you can work for somebody but at the same time on the side you can build something for yourself. And I think it it creates a lot of independence um, for you from an entrepreneurial perspective. Like you can build an app, you can work with a company, or so it's just so much flexibility that comes with that. And nowadays everybody has a cell phone, so if you know how to you know provide a service or do something a lot better than a different company on your phone, then you know you're gonna be able to make money off of that and. It's very easy to duplicate like code and provide it to like a different phone than trying to sell a physical product to like two different people. So it's just a lot more streamlined, and I think it's it's kind of a no brainer for me because I love technology. Um, so yeah, and to piggyback off what he mentioned too, um, with the freedom aspect, one thing for me is I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to understand different cultures. I want to go different places. Like I mentioned earlier, my favorite sport is soccer. If I want to go see my favorite team, Juventus, play in, in Italy in a week or in three days, or I want to go visit my friends in Colombia, I want to go to a beach or whatever, I don't want a job telling me no. I don't want to have, say, oh, well, you don't have enough vacation time or, you know, you need to be here for this or this person called out, so you have to say, no, like, bye. 
<laughs> I want to go where I want to go. I want to be where I want to be. And if I can work remotely and most of these coding jobs and whatnot are remote. And, you know, like you said, you could start your own stuff. You could work in multiple different projects. You have your own stuff on the side. Like it, it just logically makes sense and and it all kind of adds up and at least for me it does and there's actually a lot of programs now that even teach you how to code for free or even use youtube university you know it'll teach you everything you need so it's a really independent gig if you want it to be and you can take it up upon yourself to learn so it's actually i think coding is just the future just like bitcoin just like everything technology is the future i think it all starts with knowing how to code because all that technology is based on coding and from there you know is coding coming like full circle for bitcoin for you as well chris like is it going to attach it to bitcoin or you know crypto so i i'm i'm learning a couple different uh languages right now well one at a time but um it's in plans to to learn a couple um one of the the languages I do want to learn to get into more into the crypto industry is this language called Rust. Um, Rust is a one of the languages based on the Cosmos ecosystem, and um, oh, that's it's really interesting for me. So um, I have connections in the Cosmos ecosystem with different projects, and I feel like um, I have a unique situation where uh, I have a finance background and. Um, at the same point, most coders aren't, it's going to sound fucked up, but they're not people like they're, they're just like, they look at numbers. They think how thing, they think how engineers would think and having the ability to look at something and say, no, this technology is absolutely trash. But I mean, the user interface is absolutely trash, but the technology is great. And to be able to look at stuff and to, to utilize that, um, and how to ch- or like figure out how to change it is really, really fascinating to me. Like, um, one of the main wallets in web three is called MetaMask. I actually hate this product because it's so terrible user interface. Like I have problems using it. And if I have problems using it, how are oh, I ain't touching anybody it. else going to use it? Like you're not going to get mass adoption with a product that ain't nobody can use. Yeah. Not for and sure. So it's, it's just th- that's the thing that's the main one of the main things that needs to change in this crypto ecosystem in order to start getting average people to use it like just like the internet before domain names you had to type in 192.5 whatever it is for google.com nobody's going to remember that that's impossible to use people don't even know their fucking passwords never mind. <laughs> people don't even know their phone numbers never mind <laughs> you know how to the ip address to google.com yeah, hell and no. so it's like but when you change that to google.com now you have the ability to make that mass adoption because that's easy to remember and so we still haven't really had that apple moment um in the crypto ecosystem and i we're waiting for it but i and i would love to see that happen but um that's probably the biggest, biggest pain point. I think coming from a different perspective helps helps with that. No, for sure, man. So, you know, I know you guys are busy. It's getting late at night right now. I'm not sure how much time you guys got left. But, you know, my guy Chris, uh, my guy Max right here was saying, you know, we're going to co- get into a couple of things finance right now. So, you know, you guys, are, you know, catch me up on the finance rest of the times when I'm with you guys. So what are some things that I'm missing? What are some big points people should be paying attention to right now in the finance world? My guy Max is getting, you, you know, Update me on some stuff. I, I texted you this. I'm not sure if you want to start off with this. You said, yeah, bro, we need to talk about it. So I'm not sure. <laughs> I said, uh, as, a tw- as a tweet, it says, you know, Brazil, Russia, 
India, China, and South Africa are developing a new form of currency. Um, you know, I'm not sure that's a top uh, talking point you want to get into real no, quick. For sure. so. No, um, definitely one of the things we wanted to touch upon on this podcast was to just make people aware of what's going on around the world geopolitically. Um, it's actually scary. And sorry to use the word scary, but if you really put it into perspective and start connecting the dots, there's a lot of things that are happening in the first quarter of the year. Um, Chris mentioned it a little bit ago earlier in the podcast about SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, it was all over the news about three, four weeks ago, mid-March. Um, it's basically a bank that just went under that uh, basically couldn't uh, give their, they didn't have reserves in their in their system yeah. to like, well, Chris, you so go more in detail about it. Yeah. it a little bit. A year ago in February, the rate of the interest rate, the federal funds interest rate, which banks can get rates from the Fed, uh, loans from the Fed, was essentially at 0% to 0.25%. Today, it's at 4.5 or 4.75. Yeah. So you're looking at a 21x increase in, in rates from a year. And so what these banks were doing was, unlike 2008 when they were buying shit assets, they were buying mortgage-backed securities that people couldn't pay these loans and stuff, they were actually buying highly liquid treasuries. But the problem is with treasuries is um, they were buying them for a 10-year period and the value was constantly going down because the rates on these treasuries was so low that as rates passed and got higher and higher, they lost 20, 30, 40% of value. So these customer funds that should have been um, able to be able to swap for, you know, deposits on, on any instant that they really needed to, they couldn't sell because if they sold it, they would sell it on 60 cents on the dollar, 70 cents on the dollar. And so the biggest problem was back in 2018, the, the Trump administration allowed for these banks um, in order to help compete with bigger banks like Bank of America, JP Morgan, stuff like that, allowed them to hold these assets that uh, were held to maturity and didn't have to mark them to market. Meaning that if their rate on this one inch, on this one loan, uh, this one uh, T uh, bond, sorry, for 10 years was a 0.5% interest rate. Well, if interest rates start rising above that 0.5, it's no longer worth that same value. So if you hold the money, if you held that bond till the end of the 10 years, yeah, you're right. You're not losing any money. But the problem is, well, what if your customers need their reserves and need their deposits? You can't sell that asset for 100% of what it's worth. And so because they didn't need to mark that to market, um, there was no real way to value um, how insolvent these banks were. And Silicon Valley Bank, I think, needed like 2 or $3 billion worth between um, the customer funds that the customer deposits that they had at the bank minus um what they actually had on on their books and so um that's crazy it's it, and this goes back to what max was saying earlier bitcoin's the best performing asset in quarter one i don't think it's necessarily a coincidence that you have an asset that has like i mentioned if you hold it properly if you don't hold it on exchanges you don't hold it in um custodial wallets meaning a third party holds it for you like you do with your money in a bank if you held it in your own hardware wallet or in your own your ledger in your ledger. Yeah. Like you brought last time, if you hold it in a place like that, there's zero counterparty risk. And I, I don't think that there's a coincidence between the fact that Bitcoin is the best performing asset this year with something that has zero counterparty risk and the ability for 
you know, banks with what's going on. I, I think it's all highly correlated and connected. And I think just to, again, piggyback off that, I saw something on an Instagram reel or TikTok, whatever, where Soldier Boy was uh, complaining. Yeah, Soldier Boy, right? Random ass character. <laughs> but uh, he, he was complaining. He was like, I guess he had 100K in his bank. And he was like, I went to the bank and I tried to pull out the 100K and it was only, they only gave him 30K. And that's basically the epitome of fractional reserve bank. And that's what this country works on. So basically, they make money off your money. So when his interest rate, the fund rates, it's at 4.75. It pisses me off. Like it really boils my fucking skin that Bank of America only gives you 0.04% on your money. When in fact, they're taking your 10K, the 20K you have at Bank of America, buying shit, loaning it out to other uh, customers and buying mortgages, whatever. They're doing a shit ton of it, using it for all different types of things. And they're getting like 4% on it. So do the, do the math. They're only giving you 004 versus the 4% they're getting. So it, 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 or even more, sometimes interest rates are even higher depending on relationships and fund rates. But I digress, right? So like he said, Bitcoin, you're your own bank. That's kind of what we touched upon in our last podcast. And it's crazy, not crazy, but it's an asset that's seen so much growth in the last three months because people that understand the technology knows that banks are collapsing right before our, our eyes. The big ones, like the richer get richer, like JP Morgan, Goldman off, Sachs. Off the poor, too. Off the poor. And the smaller banks are not like, there's a stat you sent to me in our group chat the other day that um, the amount of deposits, people are taking, withdrawing so many deposits out it's of them. In the last 50 years. Yeah. No, they, we haven't had this many deposits <coughs> come out of banks in 50 something years. Yeah. And that is a serious problem. Because now you have these regional banks that already probably weren't solvent because three of them went under. There was risks of, you know, other banks potentially going under. And now you have issues with FDIC because a lot of people think like, oh, FDIC is great and end all be all. Cool. There's $19 trillion worth of deposits in America. And about, about 10 to 12 trillion of those are actually held by banks and properly manage risk wise so you figure there's still about seven to eight trillion dollars worth of deposits in banks around america and fdic only has 128 billion dollars in their books so if if these banks go under what happens you have less than 10 percent of the total assets that you need to be able to make these banks solvent and these not even banks solvent the deposits solvent at these banks so what would happen so say if i you went under and i had two billion dollars in the bank and I'm like i want my two billion bag or two million bag whatever so and you, you can't give it to me back so what's happening for me for lack of a better term if you should have the look yeah you should because it's not fdic yeah. insured so basically that's just a fiduciary yeah. like insurance liability like sometimes you got to read the fine print they're not responsible for your money that's yeah. why honestly i always or like not financial advice but something i encourage people to do i guess is not to always hold your money in banks. That's why people buy real estate. Use your money to buy assets, crypto, oh, like stocks. No, you, you could even do that. At this point, the way the market is right now, holding cash, liquid, like right in front of you, it's probably the best thing. Strippers are up right now. But like, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> but um, going back on it, how like the world, right? Going back to the macro outlook, even when SVB went under, like, I don't even know, it was like mid-March. A week later, Deutsche Bank and Credit Suisse, these are banks in Germany and in Switzerland, respectively, 
they've started seeing content like it was credit suisse actually got bought out yeah credit suisse, yeah they, the they, second largest bank in switzerland got bought out yeah, by the they, largest bank because because they didn't have they weren't solvent mm. so think about that like these, so are they probably getting more mass so I, I i keep thinking of this scene in ozark i'm not sure if you guys seen it when marty goes to the bank and tries to pull out like a crazy amount of cash and they're like no and he's like no you're giving it to me are they morally probably mad because they're like, fuck, I don't even have this money. So like to give you this money, we're taking a lot of but our they, reserves But they out. don't have it. Yeah. But, but to, to your point. So that's yeah, the, I that's I, the point. They don't. <laughs> to your point, I didn't watch Ozark, but just... Basically, you, goes to you the bank really well. and he's like, I want fucking $2 million. No, and you described like, the scene pretty well. Yeah. I'm sure like, yeah, pretty much that's what's happening right now in real time. Really, Reality right now, you go to your... I mean, if you, it's a buku amount of money, but like if you say, I want a million dollars in cash... <laughs> What would you say? Well, it's a buku. I've never heard of that. Never heard of that. Never heard of that. Wait, what? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a large sum of money. <laughs> <laughs> the buku um, money, baby. Money. Exactly right. Um, but yeah, it's it's just interesting what's going on around the world. And now, what you messaged me just this weekend, the East. When I say the East, I'm I'm t- I'm speaking of the BRICS. BRICS stands for. <laughs> Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Now, this is like a coalition between these large economies. As we know, China and Russia has always been in, I wouldn't say cahoots, but they work well with to, with each other. China, as we know, the economy that has been growing, uh, the U.S. media coverage for the past 10 years has spoke about and have been showing concern about China's growth. Um, and the yuan, their currency, is actually being touted as an option, an alternative to the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar for the past, I don't even know, let's just say 50 years, it's probably more 100. than 100 years. Well, it's the global reserve currency for the past 100 years, but I think when when did it become the petrodollar? Wasn't it like 71. 50, so 50 years. <laughs> so like the past 50 plus years has been the petrodollar. What does that mean? That means everything, when it revolving oil, you need to buy it and trade it with USD dollars. Yeah. And that's being threatened right now before our eyes because... Russia, China, again, all these countries, even Brazil is starting to jump on it. Mexico hopped on it um, or is trying to apply to hop on it. They're basically saying like the yuan is better than the dollar to do oil trade. And that's a big threat to our currency, a big threat to the economy in general, like the world economy. So say that happens, what, to the the average person, how does that affect us? So um, right now, if this always happens throughout history, and this is something that I listen a lot to Ray Dalio. I love listening to Ray Dalio. He studies history. Um, zero. So the U.S. dollar is what's called in every other. Ray Dalio uh, is the CEO of the largest hedge fund for yeah. people that don't know. Yeah, he's one of the best investors in in history of the world. Like he, he's amazing. Um, and so we have what's called a fiat currency. All countries in the world use fiat currencies for the most part. Um, and what that means is that it's it's a Latin-based word meaning deriving of by order of. And so by order of government, this currency holds value because of X reason, because they say so. And so zero fiat currencies in the history of the world have ever not gone to zero. Zero. The, old, the most successful fiat currency ever has been the British pound, which has lost 99.9% of its value in the last 200 years. And so in, since 2000, the U.S. dollar has lost 40% of its value in, in ter- terms of buying power. And so this has happened multiple times through history. And 
um, where the world reserve currency changes from one hand to another. They take a long period of time, usually 30, 40, 50 years, but it inevitably will happen to the U.S. I'm not saying it's going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be next year or 10 years from now, but inevitably it will happen. The U.S. dollar will fail. And the people of that country, unless they hold their wealth <laughs> in, in something that's what's called a hard asset or the next world reserve currency, you will likely go through, for lack of a better term, shit times. Um, and so the way to protect yourself is what Max said earlier, buying things like real estate, buying gold, buying silver, buying assets that don't have to be, that are physically tangible and aren't necessarily denominated in this specific currency. And so it's very dangerous that it's going on with the the yuan because if you want to buy, like you were saying earlier, if, if you want to buy oil, you we have an agreement with the Saudis that they're only going to, and it's been like that for like 50 years since they call it the petrodollar, that they were only going to accept dollars for your oil. Once they start accepting something else, well, if you don't need to buy this currency, well, you can buy this other one instead. And the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of thing, which is why Russia and China are together. You don't need to to get that currency. And so when other people start doing that, it, it makes it very, you get kind of like a um, snowball effect. And like, for example, you have countries like uh, Australia, which are friends with the US, but they're also friends with China because they ship them copper and they ship them materials. So if you have a relationship with that country, well, what do you do? Do you tell the U.S. to fuck off or do you tell China to fuck off? You kind of can't. You're stuck in the middle. And so you're now you're holding both currencies instead of just one because you can't trade with them unless you also hold their currency. And um, it's just a, a bad situation for the U.S. that I don't think is going to get better. Um, mm -hmm. and, and this is why, you know, full circle, we should get Bitcoin. They can't be I mean, we'll, we'll get to that in a I, second. I'm, I want, not, I'm I want. not saying buy Bitcoin, but sell everything and buy Bitcoin. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, honestly, it's the best way to like preserve wealth. I think at this point, gold is another way to preserve wealth. But what he was saying, we are USD. We are US citizens. We make money in USD. Our purchasing power with inflation, what's going on with the global reserve currency threat. We're going to loot like our dollar is not going to be as strong as it was. Yeah. So what do you do? The best way. And the only in finance, the goal is to preserve wealth. Yeah. The only reason you buy an asset is because you think it's going to be worth more. Yeah. Tomorrow. And to preserve your purchasing power. You, you can't just like, look what happened with Venezuela. Like it's their currency is shit because of Maduro and like everything that happened, whatever in their history in the last couple of years. But you need to somehow make sure that what you're earning lasts, has longevity and has strength for the future. Yeah. So you have to buy these assets. But I have I've like have some notes for this podcast because there's a lot of shit going on. But um, while he's looking that up real quick, Jerry, you haven't said anything in a little while. You want to input? You're taking everything all in. I'm taking everything in, and y'all kind of get me panicking sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, there's know. no there's no panic. Honestly, like you said, it it's can't not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen it's overnight. Not, but it's it, not. it it's not only panic. It's about just being educated and knowing where to put your money. Right. I mean, again, we try our best to just educate and no financial advice because we just have to put that disclaimer. So but buy Bitcoin. So <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> all, right, all right. Personal question for the both of you. Would yep. you consider yourselves like 
conspiracy theorist or no? No, I don't. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't I believe am. in conspiracy. <laughs> I, I think that I think that they're <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I am. I, I actually. So I, I, I personally, <laughs> I know he was. He sends me stuff and I'm like, bro, you're crazy. But um, some stuff I'm like, I, I can kind of see what you mean. I, I tend to believe that there may be some conspiracy theories, but I tend to. I'm a very logical person. Show me the numbers, show me the proof, show me the the logic behind it, and and I can make it make sense. Or it can't make sense. And so when some things can't make sense, why? Because usually they're lying or usually they're trying to hide something. And so um, I think the, the real truth of the matter is the current financial system, no matter, you might hear a quantitative easing, quantitative tightening, basically trying to shrink or grow the money supply. The way that the debt is set up they have zero choice in the long run but to increase the money supply. So even if they're doing quantitative tiny and making the money supply smaller over a year, two-year, three-year period, they have zero choice in the long run but to create more of it. And so if you're buying assets that are valued against this asset, you're going to likely do well. And so um, it's, you know, to Max's point about America, there's 8 billion people in the world. There's th- about 350 million Americans and that is a very, very, very small overall population in, in the total world. And about 25% of the world, so 2 billion people, have zero access to bank accounts. That is a U.S. system set up around the world that refuses to allow 2 billion people to have bank accounts. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, the people who do have bank accounts probably close to 40% of them don't have a good relationship with the bank like you and I do. Like we can go and exchange currencies. We can buy stocks. We can buy bonds. We can, if you're crazy, um, you know, <laughs> buy, no, I'm playing, or, you know, buy other stuff. You don't recommend that. Uh, I don't recommend anything, but um, I, rec- <laughs> I recommend education. Um, but are you buying it? Am I buying what? Stocks and bonds. I don't really buy stocks. Um, I, I do buy short-term bonds. I do buy gold and silver physical. I do buy Bitcoin and a couple other cryptocurrencies, but that's pretty much it. Just do it. Um, yeah. But you're looking at close to half the world, four to five billion people that don't have a legit relationship with a bank. And how do they get funding? How do they get access? And this is all a U.S. banking system called SWIFT that's been set up that keeps people out in terms of to try to protect for terrorism yeah and honestly what you just mentioned just because you brought it up is the reason why i personally think like this is my alpha story with bitcoin alpha meaning like this is where people profit people like us we're educated about bitcoin or we're trying to get educated about bitcoin those two to three billion people that are unbanked they call them the unbanked population once they get educated enough to know that they can buy bitcoin somehow with their fiat currency that they have and become their own bank they don't need to go through swift Think about those 2 billion people flooding their currency into Bitcoin. You don't think the price is going to rise and the demand for Bitcoin is going to like increase? So people like us, like I keep like we keep mentioning, get exposed to it because sooner or later, like he said, we haven't had our Apple moment with Bitcoin and, and crypto yet. But when the world, because that's the thing, I think a lot of us people in the U.S. only think about like U.S. politics. That's the biggest the problem. News, like, oh, it's the dollar. Like we got the dollar. Like the dollar is always going to no. Like, there's China, there's Russia, there's Saudi Arabia. These people got bread. China's making moves. Like, one thing that they did in the last two weeks, which hasn't been done in, like, years, they just brokered a deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia. These two countries literally live 
right beside each other between the Parisian Gulf. I might get Persian. that wrong, per, but Persian, but I, whatever the fuck the Gulf is called. But they're right next to each other and they've been in conflict for years because one's a Shia, Shia Muslim and a Sunni Muslim. China brokered a deal between them that hasn't been done in years. Mm. And they both are large oil producing countries, both Iran and Saudi. China is like making moves in Africa, Saudi, uh, uh, and Russia. And scarier too, like one of our best allies, France. They yeah. literally just brokered a deal between, I think it was, was it China or Saudi? It was it was France and they uh, brokered a deal to do the first LNG trade. With so Iran. liquid nitrogen gas. Yeah. And basically like that's one of the U.S.'s most close allies in Europe. And if they're going behind our back essentially or in our face and still doing it anyway... That's kind of scary. I know what I like them fucks. Yeah, I'm mean, like <laughs> the French anyway. No, I'm fine. <laughs> no, but the, going, this is kind of conspiracy theory. So please bear with me. Take everything what I say with a grain of salt. But what the U.S. has been doing, they've been weaponizing the U.S. the, the U.S. currency, right? The U.S. dollar for years. Decades. Decades. Look what happened with Gaddafi and Libya. What I happened? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, then. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> I was like, I was like, like what happened? I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. Just look it up. Like, look up Libya. What happened with Libya? What happened? Why did we go to Afghanistan? Everything, all the wars in the last few years have always been about oil. Again, that might be the conspiracy theory against me and like, or like whatever, what I believe in. But we've always gone to war because of oil. Go ahead. That's why I got an electric car. You do? Yeah. What is it? Tesla, baby. Got a Tesla. Good shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of Tesla, uh, Elon Musk just changed the Twitter uh, uh, symbol to Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know went, why it he went did up. That. Yeah, I don't know why he did that. I don't know he's where a joke. it's going. He's I, a I think, I think, he's, I think he's just doing it to fuck with the SEC. He's, to be complete. He's doing, he's like, a joke. like conspiracy people, like, oh, he's making Dogecoin have a value, whatnot. I'm like, right. nah, I honestly think he's just fucking with the SEC. Like, you know, stick a middle finger up to them. Elon and, got bread. He does whatever the fuck yeah, he wants. Pretty, pretty much. much. You dumb bitch. Fuck, wrong one again. <laughs> Better than the P on the one. But I call your conspiracy theory rant. So what are you saying right there real quick? About the U.S. dollar? Well, okay. you said it, right, it's so, about gas and no, so, about oil. So, Peep, so the U.S. dollar, again, has been... The U.S. has been weaponizing the U.S. dollar, right? And as we know, we have... People fear us because of our military. We've always been like, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> so the world fears us because of our military. And everything that's going around the world geopolitically with China and all these alliances that are happening... If the dollar is losing this much this much strength, what happens next? We're gonna people don't want to lose power. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna retaliate. And guess what's happening with Finland? Finland just uh, joined NATO. The Ukraine just submitted finally that they want to join NATO. These are all countries bordering Russia. Yeah, that pisses off Russia even more. Back when back after when the when they the USSR fell, they 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 created like there were a bunch of countries there, so they would be split between Europe and Russia. But now NATO, Russia's biggest enemy, is at their front door. Yeah. And that's why they're pissed off. And honestly, for lack of a better term, and just saying it in one sentence, Russia and China are, I mean, excuse me, Russia and China are an alliance, and Russia, and Russia does not like the U.S., and the U.S. does not like Russia, as we know. It's kind of been in the media for the past couple of years. And again, I'm not saying that war is going to break out, not going to say that, but... You just have to speculate like there's some heated turmoil that's happening right before our eyes because of monetarily and militarily like where shit is shit is going down. We're still in the Ukraine war. It's been like a year and like what is it like 15 months that it's been in war mm -hmm. and yeah. it's 
shit has not been resolved. So there's just so much going on around the world. And then let's bring it back to the micro lens here to our, our little humble state of Rhode Island. Like the best thing we can do here is just watch our money, be frugal. Don't take out too much credit. Be cautious of the things you buy and buy some assets because the world is going to shit. I mean, that's the most like so honest I, answer. In to addition be honest. to Bitcoin, like I'm a big gold and silver person. Like I love buying physical gold and silver. Um, I, I know that's very odd because I'm young and mostly gold bugs and silver bugs are like old people, 60, 70, 80 years old. Um, not saying 60s old, but no, I'm just um, <laughs> I'd be politically correct on this podcast. <laughs> My sponsors, baby. It's, you know, just taking a portion, like Max just said, taking a portion of your portfolio and allocating it to a kind of like a hard asset type thing like hey like it only might only be one or two or three percent of your portfolio that's fine like there's nothing wrong with that but having a small portion buying asymmetrical bets meaning if you buy something that's one two percent of your portfolio that has the ability to four five ten x that's an asymmetrical bet because even if it falls 50 percent, cool it's only one percent of your portfolio two percent of your portfolio you didn't lose all that much money so on a hundred thousand dollar portfolio you have buy these, you know, one to one to four or five thousand dollars worth, and it has it has the ability to be worth twenty five to forty thousand. That sounds like a really good bet to me. For sure, man. For sure, my guy Max over here has a booklet of topics. So what's you know I'm you know it's getting late. I'm not sure you guys timetable over here. I don't give a fuck. I'll probably be up to one o'clock anyway. But any topics you hundred percent want to hit? No, nah, I mean I, I mentioned most of them. The other thing that happened over the weekend is that um, OPEC, basically the cartel for oil. Again, it's um. When I say cartel, like everyone has a negative commentation, <laughs> but they basically are a cartel of just the the eight largest oil producing countries that include Saudi, Iran, Russia, whatever. They basically cut. They sent shockwaves around the world, unifying to cut oil production by one point one point sixteen million barrels a day. All that means is oil is going to get more expensive, gas is going to go up, and that's another moment to share that again. The East, when I say the East, Russia, China, all these countries are saying fuck you to the u.s they, they really are just saying fuck you to us and what are nice. we gonna do well all we're doing is covering the fact that trump has 34 felony cases like that's what our media is showing us when around the world they're making moves and alliances to like say they the u.s is a nut job like we're, we're losing it that's what i'm saying like and you said i'm pan like making us making you panic not trying to make you panic just trying to make you like aware of like what's going on globally stay on your toes yeah 10 toes down right. and this is why it goes to so one of the things that i you know going back to what you mentioned about coding with the freedom or not like i love education of things that like people when they hear about education they think of school when i think of education like mark twain said don't let a kids <laughs> don't let a kid's school and get in front of his education or some something along those lines meaning that you don't have to go to school to learn School is not as actually necessary for people to learn, like YouTube University, mm -hmm. things like that. And being able to code, being able to do construction, being able to do a, a, a type of job or a skill that you can learn. You don't need a degree that says you know how to do it. Like when I was in college, yeah, I wanted to learn Spanish, but I didn't at the end of the day, I didn't want a degree telling me I could or couldn't speak this language. And so I never really wasted my time with the school because you can in three months, I went to a four months, I went to a country and learned how to speak that language. And so I don't have a degree that says I'm fluent in Spanish. Yeah, I'm fluent in Spanish. Does that mean I can't 
speak Spanish? No, absolutely not. If, if you learn how to code just because you don't have a degree from Harvard or from URI or from, you know, University of Phoenix that says you you can't do this thing. <laughs> Those like, the most dangerous motherfuckers. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> you, you, the ability to actually do these skills is more important than anything. And, and I, I love types of jobs like that because like Max was saying, like, even if you're scared of this world and what's going on, if you position your portfolio properly, if you position your education properly, you can go anywhere in the world and succeed and be able to set yourself up for the next step, regardless of what happens. God forbid, worst case, everything happens uh, in, a, in a bad situation for where we currently are. You're at least in a position to take care of yourself. And if, you know, hopefully nothing bad happens and the cool, you just, you know, you increase your your. Uh, your value of yourself and your ability to market yourself. And so it's a win-win situation no matter what way you're looking at it, you know, whether it's education-wise with your skills or portfolio-wise with your with your with these hard assets. Because at the end of the day, like I said, they're going to have to print dollars at one point or another no matter what. And on top of that, education-wise, y- you can't be the same person you are today in 20 years, in 50 years, in 10 years like the person you are today and this what you're doing today determines who you be in five years from now if you don't like that person do something about it and if you're not doing anything about it you're just gonna be stuck watching netflix every single day and doing the same things every single day and that could be fine like if that's your way but be be comfortable with what you're doing and if you're not change it it's literally that simple and so you know it's 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 just you know I don't know why we're doing that, but <laughs> making a point, baby's making a point, baby's making Same a point. I'm gonna just go facts. do the clapping one. So it's scared of touching them. It's just some. It's just a matter of fucking four times already. But you know that, that treat your education that way, treat your portfolio that way, and you'll be fine no matter what happens. Yeah, man, it's been a fact right here, my guy. Do you guys have any like final questions or thoughts as we wrap up? So so prosperous. You got anything? No, man. He's got motivational speaker. And we got the financial <laughs> financial god over here, so it's like a force to be reckoned with over here. Yeah, like man, that. you guys happen to the Crypto City podcast? They be spinning facts, I'm sure, all the time. Weekly podcast, you guys do? How do you guys do it? So it's kind of becoming like bi-weekly, monthly. Yeah. Um, we, to be honest, we've been focused more on the Rhode Island blockchain console, and with the podcast, we're just still trying to like see where we fit as well as we're trying to have more like um interviews. viewers and like interviewers mm-hmm. on like have more guests because our partner in um our business partner in uh india he is just us three and sometimes we just feel like we need like a fourth voice or just another perspective so we've have a few with a few people from like we had one from a guy in um, holland we had one guy uh talking about politics and blockchain so we're just trying to like he's from rhode island too yeah so and we have other people coming on in, in the future that, that we're planning on on you know, revealing later, and we're in discussion with that. But yeah, yeah. man, how it goes. I know how it goes in that aspect of it. So, um, you guys keep talking about kind of insinuating the world's ending in certain aspects. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow, just fuck everything. The world ends tomorrow. <laughs> Last of Us is a popular topic right now. So, I'm not sure if you guys seen it already, but pretty much the world comes to an end. Who, three people you're taking with you, and two items. What are you doing, Chris? World's wait, come wait, to end. Wait, the wait, world's so- coming to an end. Three people you're taking with you to start a new colony and two items you're bringing with you to start, to start a new colony. a new colony or yep. someone that, Okay. Three new people, three people and two items. Oh, what are shit. they? Kyle G. 
uh, <laughs> girl, uh nicole bbta she's uh she's uh another paisa uh, <laughs> and uh probably becky g um, hey. <laughs> you're like, so you're gonna just fend yeah for well, all why, of why would i take any yeah. dudes like, what's you, wrong a, with you? you get a ramp you, i'm i'm rare you have shack in your shit yeah you're always not standing up what what are sweaters you taking your ledger. Your ledger. <laughs> it's not gonna be any use at that point. <laughs> um, That's a tough ass question. What a question. What, what item? What item then? What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, strap. No condoms. No, I don't know. <laughs> what you want any condoms for? Not that strap, like the, the, the gun. <laughs> I haven't seen last of us. People are saying, no, I haven't. They're, I they're mean, gonna... I, yeah. I guess like uh, you know, <laughs> stuff to start a fire with, and and you know weapon mm. you know some, some weapon that i can use over and over how about you max bro that's a tough ass question um man i had that answer the, the first three people was easy <laughs> the, the items was hard like yeah whatever start a colony to start a colony see that's the question is that really the yeah, question it's not a colony like you're you're starting a brand new colony city of max so you were, city of max, right, city so, of max. Two so like definitely two x's though <laughs> definitely need like a smart economist nah I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe AOC. Any, everyone knows AOC. I don't. Who's that? Yeah. She's a shorty that's famous in uh, the political sphere. Um, maybe her. Maybe I don't know. Or some type of like economist. Uh, for my baddie, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough ass question. Um, damn. Let me come back to that one. And i'm not sure it's quite man sure. you have three people that you already thought through in your mind you just don't want to say <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't i, I really don't i'm what gonna go to like a weapon for the for the items definitely weapon and fucking food i mean i don't know if there's food in this desolate world that we live in right i don't know yeah hey, you gotta make your own food and shit like yeah that, that's yeah. what i'm saying food weapon um so a top economist or aoc i would also take um Fuck. Kato G sounds like a very great fucking time, to be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. She definitely does. I must say, I mean, you know, I've said it before already. I asked the question kind of a couple times already. So you're probably, uh, you know, Joe Rogan for your comedic purposes. He probably knows everything about everything. I was going to say Joe Rogan. He's an MMA fighter, too. He's trained in martial arts. So if you try to get ransacked, not happening. My guy, David Goggins, inspirational. You know, he'll motivate me to get people in line as well. And then, uh, you know, She's been popping on the podcast since I started J-Lo just to make it happen, you know? Wait, I mean, so I have a question. So when you said colony, like in my head, I was thinking like, it's just us four. Oh, yeah, maybe. That's, that's, what, that's, that's, what, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Because I was like, why would I choose a guy? Just to... You need like security though. Like for dude, what? You never know. Yeah, bro. You never know. zombies and shit. You're right. You know. Yeah. yeah kind of post I'll, I'll take. I'll take that risk. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is like four. <laughs> nine, All right. To start bro. a whole new city. We'll yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. You start. Like, I. You have three I, leaders. I, three people start like. Three other people to be a leader to it, essentially, oh, to run the colony. All right. To run the colony. Okay, yeah, so I, I'm leaders, I, right, but... Yeah, right, that's right. a different question. Oh, okay, so three leaders. so I'm still taking Carol G. I'm still taking Nicole Nam's play. Um. Three people, uh, I would probably take. <coughs> yeah, that's a tougher question. That's a, that's yo, a tougher yo, question. Tougher question. Yo, that's Jerry, a tougher question. There we go. Yeah, there you go. I'll think. I'll, I'll come think on, you got. Damn, yeah. Um, He's like Gary, Gabe, his mom. <laughs> yeah, I need like, <laughs> I need like a genius, like that's a female yeah. genius. Yeah. A, like Balso. Carol G. <laughs> <laughs> that's for music. A musical <laughs> goddess. 
not yeah like a male female genius because you know just in case you need to reproduce you need to make smart civilization in case you need to reproduce how you reproduce (laughs) bro? i don't know that's crazy yo so another two um a 3d printing specialist Cause that's I'm, a good one. Cause I'm gonna bring a 3D printer. That's a good one. Cause you could 3D print whatever you need, guns or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And about then this uh, the last one, I don't know. It's kind of just a wild card. <laughs> hey, yo, the, the girls you dream, you dream about. Jayla, oh. fuck it. Yeah. yeah so um, yeah, and then I got a new one. To be honest, like if there's already like other people there, I feel like I would probably take joe rogan i think that's a really good one yeah. joe rogan joe like, rogan's smart like, like, something about yeah, everything like, he can fight yeah he's funny he's like yeah Dude, I, he's think, I think that i think that's a really good one yeah um you lead the school you meet the teacher it's probably the principal at that point yeah <laughs> no how about um, you max answer change nah, or no? i still got joe I'm, I'm probably gonna steal joe rogan from you aoc or a top of con her she's definitely on my team and um Probably some type of like, think of a genius, bro. I don't even know. <laughs> trying to think of a genius off the top of my head. I mean, I wouldn't Elon want Elon. Nah, but Elon's already running this world and it's like, need someone else. To be know? honest, I feel like he's too techy. <laughs> I feel like he's a, he's a, what's the word? He just jokes around a lot. But you need someone like an Elon though, for sure. I'm the Elon of my new country. Elon my new city. Yeah, now you're <laughs> so you're the new Elon. So, you know, my guy Chris is going to be here for a while. I end so up with two Medicata? segments. I don't know. Huh? Sophia? Be fire. Uh, <laughs> Sophia be fire. She's fire. So, uh, David's already answered this. I mean, David. Jerry's already answered this before, so we can answer again if you want. I don't even, maybe you didn't even answer. I don't know. I but if your biggest hater wrote a book about you, what would the title of it be? I remember this question. Yeah. Did I ask you guys already this? Yeah, you did. I remember this. All right, fuck this. I'm cut that out. <laughs> All right, so. Um, we'll answer it again. I remember. If you want. We didn't even post it. So. Oh, yeah, we didn't even post it. Fuck it. We can go then. He's like, fuck, even harder now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, my biggest hater, it's, I change. I change a lot. Um, I would say that, like, the person that I was eight years ago, nine years ago, is completely different than the person I am today. I honestly wouldn't even recognize him. Um, I, I learned another, you know, I learned to speak Spanish. I learned about cryptocurrencies. I learned about investing. I learned about finance. I was living on my parents' house then because I was obviously just out of school. Um, I really only cared about sports and video games, and that was really it. That was my day, going home from work, leaving, doing that. And so um, biggest hater, like, just constant change. And it's like it, it's kind of hard to keep up for me sometimes. Um, I would say that. Love it. So Prosper's got something? The title would be, Who Is He? Because it's like, who is he? Like, I see him around, but I never really know who is he. It's like, he always reinvents himself. Kind of a little bit like Chris was saying, but in a way where I always feel like I'm, I'm always looking for something new um, to kind of reinvent myself. So Love to see you, man. My guy, Max with two X's. What do you think? Um, I said it last time, but definitely I'm not changing it. The title would be like, Damn, he swears, but he. But then it's like, nah, he is at the end of it, at the bottom of it. Um, but it's more just like, because we're coming from a hater's perspective, I'm sure people, you know, have hating ass thoughts. But uh, nah, 
humble over here and we're just all of us are humble right yeah man yes yes yeah do it man and you know i know i've never done this with you two before in the podcast before so you guys have said you know you guys got close over the past couple um what, years at this point you guys know each yeah, other and year. stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. so um you know he's here in person yeah. um you know any flowers you want to get to your guy chris right here while you have him still in rhode island on the <laughs> eg pot of thunder man so any flowers you want to get to your boy chris all right um crying is encouraged on the podcast no 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 honestly he knows he already knows what's up um it's been a pleasure it's never it's not it's not ending at all but um definitely enjoy colombia as we've mentioned in this podcast it's in a beautiful country you're gonna grow gonna continue to grow all i ask you is to uh live up to your ambitions because we're out here supporting you and you're probably gonna you know i lived abroad i know how hard it is sometimes to just look at the ceiling and be like shit my people are like miles away my family's miles away Am I doing everything that I uh, set out to do? Um, it does get tough some days. And I'm like, again, you lived abroad a little bit too. So, but this is going to be a moment where it's like, nah, this is where you make it or break it. Um, and honestly, bro, like, you know, the support's here. Like you just, a phone call, a WhatsApp message away and that's it. And we got Rhode Island blockchain console to keep it going. We got shit, we got shit moving. So let's just keep it going. Let's keep it going. And I'll see you in Colombia for Las Ferias. I don't know. Like, claro que sí, man. we'll just do it. We'll do it up, man. You know, those man. are my flowers. Yeah, man, we can do a EG Pot of Thunder in Colombia, baby. But don't even. Uh, I'm 100% down. I'm 100% <laughs> down, bro. I don't even tempt me. So, um, yeah, man, Krista, my guy, Max, the two X's. Yeah, so, I mean, Max and I basically talk like every day. Um, so he, he knows. Puta. I, <laughs> he he knows uh a lot uh you know how i feel about him and whatnot um i love the dude uh you know i would say don't second guess yourself don't think too much just keep things simple um he's he and i are very much alike and we we overthink with a lot of things where especially where we shouldn't um so like i i, I go to him a lot for advice um, I go to a lot to him for, for a lot of different things and you know, I'm glad he's around. I'm glad I got to meet him because he's been a helpful um, person in my life and uh, helping me grow as a person and, and, and develop myself. And so I would say for him, you know, don't, don't shoot your goals low. You know, I, I know you have big goals. I, I know you can easily succeed them in, in getting them. Um, you know, don't, don't hold back because I, I see it in you. I've seen it in you. And, uh, you know, let it out. Yeah, man. Love to see it, man. You know, we need to take a shot after that. Oh, man, you can take a shot. The tequila right there is Jameson. And we'll this we'll our up. sponsor, Tito's, right here, baby. And make sure you get them, you know, anywhere. You you know, you look a sore, you know, Tito's will be there. My guy, Chris. Make sure you follow him on Instagram, Chris, P-E-R-R-3-8 on Instagram. My guy, so prosperous right here to my left. And to my right, my guy, Max, M-A-X-X-D-A-M-I. Hey, and right. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> and my guy, me, Explore FF on all Instagram, social media, TikTok, everywhere. Follow YouTube, your boy, EG Potter, on all social media. Like, subscribe, send us to the moon. Let's get it, baby. Oh.